And that's the interesting thing about when it comes to willpower is that, you know, you have all this willpower, let's say, and then you're like, I don't have the willpower to go to the gym or work out. And it's like, well, actually, it's probably because you don't really have that association with how it's benefiting you. Hey ladies. Hey ladies and welcome back to Perspective. Just before we get started, I would like to thank our sponsor Intamo Pleasurables for supporting Perspective. Intamo Pleasurables is a Canadian sexual self-care company. They use 100% plant-based ingredients in all of their products. Ingredients like organic hemp seed oil, hyaluronic acid, vitamin E, and aloe, all for increased pleasure and decreased pain during sex. You will find those ingredients in their personal lubricant called Wild Thing, massage oil called Start Me Up, and so much more. They are a company that cares and gives back, and a portion from every sale is used to facilitate free sex and pleasure education in our communities. So, so, so important. Check out IntamoPleasurables.com for their full line of products and use coupon code HERSPECTIVE20 at checkout for 20% off your order. I always love a good uh, lube ad at the beginning to get us started. Keep to our absolutely <laughs> keeping theme for our quarantine. <laughs> I, I'd be impressed and if you even had any of your lube left. Oh, I don't. Being home, no, no, <laughs> didn't think God, so. God no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back. I like literally. I'm back on the coconut oil, but I should really. I'm going to be placing another order very soon. <laughs> Well, just let them know and they'll send you the products. Yeah, yeah, no, I'll have to because, as we know, we love them. <laughs> yes. So another thing that I um, have developed a strong love for during quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> like my picture that I sent you today. Um, yes, that's why I'm laughing because I already know what yeah. you're going to say. Yeah, uh, it's a headlamp. But share, share with our listeners. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have ever owned a headlamp. Uh, I I actually know that you guys have never owned a headlamp or you would all still be wearing them um, because they're the best things ever. I ordered it from Amazon, a two-pack. In fact, I've already um, got my boyfriend to order me a step up another one because I want like a a higher tech one. Um, I love my headlamp. Like, what is the purpose, though, that you need it on all the time? Like, I understand yeah. if you're, you know, tunneling or in a cave. Mining. Yeah. Mining. It serves a lot of purpose. But on uh, your day-to-day when you don't leave your house, what what are you doing with it? Well, see here, Lauren. I have <laughs> found every usage possible that you can imagine. So I've been, um, as you know, refinishing my furniture any like even today I was in my closet and it helped me see my clothes better like it's just I love this stupid fucking lamp and I can't stop wearing it on my head and it lights everything up so much better and you don't realize how much of your house or your your rooms or your areas are in the dark until you can see it with full light so I recommend everyone go grab yourself a headlamp I can post a picture to our Instagram. you will be posting a picture <laughs> 
That's a must. <laughs> Just in case people want to buy it. They need to know. They need well, to see what it looks like and how it has become a fashion accessory yeah, for you and along be with your motivated. sack dress. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I can't express to you guys like how classy I am keeping it over here. Quarantine, <laughs> schmorantine. Like I'm thriving and I could not be any more. You anywhere. really are. I am. This is, I was meant to... Like, not have to wear clothes or, you know... Function in society on yeah. a normal level at all. Yeah. Like, yeah, I no, will- this really is, like, your jam. Like, this speaks to you. Like, you're such yeah. a hippie kind of spirit that, like... Y- you getting away from sort of the nine to five mundane lifestyle, I am not surprised you're thriving. Like you are just like the flower child that just does her artwork, wears headlamps, minimal clothing, (laughs) sack dresses, bare feet in the grass, sex whenever. Like that's just, that's you. That's your true self. Like you're being so authentic. And it's so, I would never like before this, I've really thought that because like you said, it, it is the nine to five. It's the go, go, go. And I eat out every night at nice restaurants downtown. Like, but it, this is this, I'm happy. Like, I feel great. I feel so good. I'm still, you know, I do work on my furniture. Um, I don't care that I haven't, I, I don't do my hair and nails anyways. So I'm not missing out on anything there. I haven't had to wear shoes. Like that is a stress point for me every day in real, in real life. Like, having to put shoes on. And actually, as most people know, I don't, I wear flip flops as long as possible, much to like my boss's demise. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) I, I wear Lulu's all the time if I have to wear pants. So you're right. I'm loving this a lot. Yeah. You're living your truth right now. Like you really are. You're being the most authentic self you can be, which is so good because it's so in line with what our shows have been about so yes. much and like our next one and our next one and I'm just so excited about all our guests as Me usual too. but like getting more and more excited as we interview well not interview but like talk to these incredibly yeah. smart enlightened and in touch people um but yeah so don't you feel like so I uh, like I've been feeling highs after each yeah. um, conversation we're having and I'm like best and I, I know I say this with every single person as everyone knows like best ever best ever but like I feel so good I love our conversations and and like I'm I know that these are amazing amazing women amazing conversations i I don't know. I'm like, is it because they're like the first person other than like that I've talked to in a while? Like, because you're not having a good contact with people. But no, these are like real good vibe conversations. No, these women are experts in their field. They know what they're talking about. They're so passionate, which we've talked about, just inspires the passion within us. And they're speaking so much truth and they're helping. Like they're giving. Oh my God. Yeah. Like so much good information and in these kinds of times this is when you need it and we get excited for other people to hear it like we want to share this information this knowledge these vibes with our listeners um so it, it's just like it's just good feels all around yeah. and they are authentic to who they are which i think and we discuss really makes the difference like and when we say it's the best it's the best it's the best episode it's because it's like it's the best episode in that episode yeah. you know what I mean like there's well, something that- from that episode that makes it the best and then something different from another episode makes it the best so there's not yeah. like 
competing. Like we're not comparing because no. all of these guests bring such great everything. Like I just, you know, I can't even put words to it because it's all so powerful. But yeah, we would never yeah, be like, able to pick a favorite. And no, also 100% no. And we love them all to death. To death. And they're all um, like experts or, um, you know, thriving in different areas too. I, I, I want to applaud us for like getting this great mealy of of women you know from all walks of life literally yeah well thanks i'll take your pat on the back and you can take mine yeah we're pretty (laughs) fucking awesome too (laughs) we are fucking awesome but you know what's also more awesome is when all this craziness is over and covid is when we talk in pre-covid and post-covid like that's how we'll identify time totally eventually um I think we have some big travel plans because, like, yeah. we <laughs> need to do, like, a West Coast tour, I think. Like, you know? um, and, start- and by tour, I mean you and I just going to the West Coast and visiting with our sponsors. Like, we love to actually in-person meet um, Ariel and the team from Intamo Pleasurables. Yeah. We need to then head over to uh vegas to hang with Catherine b who is just like a ball of fun and energy and i'm sure she is even more so on her like in her her environment and then we will have to head over to california to visit uh today's guest (laughs) Mm -hmm. but um on the way back uh, we'll fly back through uh, Canada. We'll head up to Seattle and see um, Dr. Paige, who is not one of our recent guests, but uh, still one of our favorites. So she's on the West Coast as well. Oh, absolutely. For sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we've got, we've got an agenda. Like, it's we, happen. we have to see them. We have to see these amazing ladies and like give them real life hugs because um, unfortunately, it's not just COVID separating us, but like uh, a country. So it would be so cool Distance. to see them. And also like. West Coast is the best coast. I'm not gonna lie, like, <laughs> oh, 100. So we, we, yeah, we need to get out there and and see our ladies. And yeah, it's not just because of cabin fever, which we're all experiencing. It's because we actually want to see these people and love them yeah. <laughs> physically, yeah, 100%. and and just pe- feel their energy, feel their vibe. Um, however, I do have a little story for you uh, about cabin fever. Yay. Um, so obviously like I've talked about it, I have a home and I live in like a fairly quiet neighborhood and, uh, I had like a f- interesting like neighbor incident happen the other day. So we're friends with, uh, some neighbors that live down the street from us on the street, but like a few houses down and they're great. They're a little bit older than us, but there's just, they're fun. They're cool people. And they must be feeling a lot of cabin fever, especially the husband and my husband and him get along really well and they talk and they're like guys, guys. Anyway, so it's like he has like a little bit of like a radar or sensor or something on us because the minute we walk outside of our house to get some fresh air, play with the kids, whatever we're doing, within seconds he appears. <laughs> I <laughs> love that. And, and that's not really new to like the pandemic that just happened before that, t- this too. But uh, now it's just hilarious because the key just appears at the end of <laughs> our driveway on the sidewalk because we can't come within six feet, right? So <laughs> ends of whatever he hangs out and chats and it's like part of the family now. And then it seems like it's been kicked up a notch though because today... 
I think he may have, or sorry, the other day, I think he may have taken it from like waiting till we come outside to going outside first. And so this morning I roll out of bed and I look out my bedroom window. It's around 8 a.m. And there he is on the sidewalk. At, in front of your hand, house? In front of my house. Oh. At the end of my driveway. My <laughs> Honestly, are we scared or is this cute? I don't know. I It's a little bit of both. It's a mixed feeling. I'm not, I'm not sure how I feel about it. I felt like I dropped out of sight from my window, though, because I was like, oh, my God. Oh, yeah, we're scared. Husband, I'm or like, else he's out there. Yeah, you're no, scared. No, because he wasn't looking into the window. Okay, different if you just, like, stand there blankly, like, looking into our window, then I'd be like, he's unwell, this man. No, Go he do something is. About your it. life is at risk. <laughs> no, but, it, yeah, it was just, like, it was a little jarring, but it was also hilarious and i i love that yeah he's just needs a friend so bad he's stuck he with is. his he's wife sick he's of like his house. for the love of god somebody else talk to me right now <laughs> yeah he's sick of his house he's sick of his family sick of his kids like i get it I can he's relate, like but anyone it was else just, will do even people not he's like i'll just yet. wait yeah <laughs> oh, i'll just so be funny. here that's They'll come so out eventually and, and hilarious and also lauren should you need that Go do it to him. I mean, you can always find a friend. That's you mean, can always find a friend game. if you're willing to stand at their end of their driveway long enough. All's fair in love and pandemic. And COVID, yeah. <laughs> oh, God, that's actually hilarious. People are fucking nuts. <laughs> in the best of ways, but people are nuts. <laughs> well, yeah, in the best of ways, but the pandemic is obviously going to bring out a lot of uh, cuckoo. Yeah, it says the girl who's taken to wearing wearing a headlamp. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I am concerned about you a little bit. Like, I just picture you turning all the lights off in your apartment just so you can wear the headlamp on. No, I want the lights on and the lamp on. I want to see more. (laughs) Just my concern has heightened. It's ugly, and then. When I take it off, I see I have like a, a a rectangle imprinted on my forehead. It's it is ugly. I'm not gonna lie. Like, Cute. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, what do you what have you become? Like, I feel very nerdy when I'm wearing it, but I can't help it. I really like it. <laughs> well, Anyways. whatever makes you happy. Like they said, yeah. live your truth. Like yeah. that is what this is about this is the time to learn who we are and be our authentic selves and just love yeah. ourselves so it's sad that speaking my of loving self, oh the- yeah okay i was just gonna say it's sad that my authentic self has to involve this piece of uh you're not sad you're happy about this I know. who the fuck am i kidding anyways yeah go on <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying to be like modest about it because it is nerdy but i'm like you know what no it. You're right. You really just want to shout it from the rooftops. I just want to talk about it more and more. Like, sorry, Lauren, were you talking about something else? Because I'm not done talking about my headlamp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or are you trying to move on to bigger and better things? Sorry. Anyway, no, please. Yeah, do if I on. could just say one thing now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so my headlamp. <laughs> no, please go on. Well, speaking of like kookiness and quarantine and kookiness is such a cute little word, isn't it? I was greeted, (laughs) well, not greeted, but surprised, greeted is not the right word, surprised by a little treat this afternoon when I was 
quietly working away at my office. I felt like my husband was in the office and he was staying there and he was talking to me. And I feel this weird, like soft, fleshy no touch on my back. And I was wearing a workout shirt because I had done a workout earlier. And it's a shirt that like splits at the back. And oh. I was like, it took me a minute. And I just was sort of like, as he's like kind of giggling and I'm like, what the fuck? I'm focusing on my work. And then I was like, <laughs> I whip around and I'm like, what are you doing? Only to learn that he has just decided to press his dickhead onto my bare back. What prompts people to do such things? I'll tell you, quarantine. Don't say people, say men, because never in my, okay. actually. <laughs> you haven't been pressing your bare vagina against anything lately? Actually. <laughs> against people? Yeah, like unknowingly, unknowing individuals? No, but maybe I, I'll flash people? I don't know. Maybe I'm going to try By accident? That. No, like. <laughs> on purpose you just you just lift up the sack dress and press it against any human nearby well the truth is um as you know i haven't been wearing underwear with my dresses so so like the other day i was walking near my mom and she's like oh my god that's a bit short because i was also bent over <laughs> so she basically saw your labia so i flashed i'm like oh did you see my butt she's like unfortunately and more so I'm like, yeah, that is unfortunate. <laughs> you literally saw my vagina. You're Sorry, like, calm I down, mom. You made to... this. Yeah. <laughs> Not that like, you haven't You've seen, seen it. Like, it. Who are we kidding? No, I really should take to, to at least putting underwear on. Like, it's one more step. It's not, like, much. I could. I should at least be able to finish that. But I have... I think I, if you're going to leave, like, your apartment and associate with other people, like, a courtesy of just throwing some underwear on might be... <laughs> fair like you know yeah um give that a whirl i'll think about it but you know the truth is (laughs) people are still in the clear because it is pretty cold out so i have been dressing to go in public but uh the second i get home it's all off so anyways i have i've yet to uh, rub my genitals on anyone but you know what i'm not (laughs) far off maybe i'll give it a try and i'll let i'll report back to let you know the motivations from that behavior I'll try to see if I can get in the head of the the culprit. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure he'll like hate me for sharing that story, but I'm like, if you're gonna do that, expect to be talked about on the podcast. Like, oh it's yeah, just what's up? Nothing is off limits, uh, especially our uh, partners' insane behavior. <laughs> yeah, and content is limited right now. I'm sorry, like I'm grasping at straws yeah. a little bit sometimes <laughs> because we can't leave our fucking houses so crazy well, neighbor on my sidewalk dick yeah. on back it's all going in the podcast <laughs> you know what the one good thing i will say is our guests aren't limited um and today we have another phenom beauty joining us uh, of course remotely but uh especially remotely since she is in sunny california and she has a tan like no other. I just had to add that in, but she is. Um, yeah, she's unreal. Yeah, she is unreal. We have Jen Oliver. She is the creator and CEO of Fit Mama, um, an online. She calls it a mindset, but it's a an online community for for women uh, for fitness, um, encompass, encompassing like mind, body, and soul. She's also a podcast host, a writer. She has a YouTube channel. She has she runs her online business. Um, she's done TEDx talks. She does coaching. She really, really does it all. 
all while really sending out the best vibes you can imagine. And I picked it up throughout our whole conversation. And I know you guys will. She is uh, one of my closest friends, sister-in-law. So I personally uh, know Jen and, uh, and I love her. Um, and now Lauren does. And you soon will too, if you've never heard of her. Um, so yeah, joining us today is the beautiful Jen Oliver. Welcome to the show, Jen. Thank you so much for being here. Hey, thank you so much for having me, ladies. Yeah, we're, we're very so excited. excited to talk to you. Oh, I am excited. So let's just jump right in. Um, you are Fit Mama. Yes, Fit Mama. Fit Mama is a mindset. That's the thing. People worry that it, it comes with all these things, but Fit Mama is a mindset. It's a choice. Okay, tell totally. us about all that, because I love how you incorporate, it's not just being physically fit, right? It's all about the mind, body, soul type thing. So can you tell us, like, what what the whole mindset is? You know what? Um, I think it was at some point along the road that I realized that it wasn't just about the exercise and the superficial things that we do to sort of change the way we look on a day-to-day -day basis or over time. It, what really affected us to see if we were even motivated to get ourselves to exercise mm -hmm. or do the things was the inner size or what was going on inside us. And we often look to the superficial and the regular what everybody else is doing to sort of change ourselves. And what I realized just through working with so many clients in Fit Mama, but I was a personal trainer for probably 15 years before I even did that. And working in the health and fitness industry, I worked in gyms, I worked as a nutrition coach, and I did fitness modeling competitions, and I did a lot of crazy stuff. And I just realized that nothing that was really superficial was really sustainable. Yeah. So were you someone that started off focused like entirely on the physical and like you didn't even consider the mental side of it? And then did something kind of break or like shift in your mind that you're like, okay, knowing that this physicality part is not sustainable, but were you also not feeling great? Like mentally, like what led you to realize like it's a holistic approach? You know what? It's funny good. because it, there was actually a time and I can even go into that, but the, the really, the interesting thing was, was that before I injured myself, which is what led me to sort of the inner size deep dive in fit mama, what happened about 10 years prior to that, though, was that I began studying psychology and mm -hmm. I'd always been into I took kinesiology. I was really into sort of I, I took my personal training certification. I was really into like how physiologically things were in the body. Um, but it was very early on in my first year university that I realized I was in love with psychology and I really was interested in how humans function and how they make the choices that they make. So then down the road when I was in the fitness industry and I managed a really big gym and I had to manage all these departments and there were a lot of kind of what I would say red flags that came before me to realize that it it mattered more about our mindset that we headed into our life and each day with than the actual details of it sometimes. Does that make sense? Totally. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I think it takes a long time for people to come to that like acceptance and realization if they mm -hmm. ever do. Like, I don't know if everybody if they ever like, do. gets there. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's the hardest part. It is. And it's hard when you're 
in a position where, you know, I observed at a gym, I was in sales and I was managing the sales department. And that was my job was to get more people into the gym. But I consistently saw these two very distinct types of people. One population that was like gung ho, they were ready for the gym. They signed up and then they attended somewhat regularly. And then there was the other number, larger number, perhaps, of people who were gung-ho that day and signed up for the gym. Mm -hmm. And then never again did we get to see Mm -hmm. them in the facility. And by all intents and purposes, by the gym, they were happy that we kept selling people. And for me, I kept going, something isn't right here. We got to help these people. Yeah. I love that mindset that you took because obviously somebody, if you're working sales for the gym, your main goal is to just sell for the gym. But I love how you took that deeper dive. And and obviously, I think that's why you're so successful and so knowledgeable at what you do, because you wanted to see the motivations as as for those people. And I think that is huge. And, And people like Lauren said, don't even know or get there maybe ever. So I think, and I know I speak from my personal experience since this um, quarantine has happened. I'm like, I'm going to do yoga every day. And I haven't done yoga in like three days because my mind is not there and I don't know how to get there. Exactly. And that's kind of the more interesting area of study for me. And I know for me, when I was working yeah. in that gym, it was very soon after that, that I was like, I got to just go dig deeper. And I went back to school. I did a master's in exercise and health psychology specifically studying willpower or self-control because i thought that was kind of the ticket like i thought if like like don't these people have enough willpower to just like if they say they're going to the gym they're just gonna like show up no it doesn't work that way no no (laughs) and that's so interesting that we often make that assumption too that we're like oh well they're just lazy or they just like don't have the willpower but it really isn't about that it's like obviously connecting with them or something needs to connect with them to bring out that interest and that motivation. I think people have the willpower. It's just they don't know how to like then apply that to the kind of exercise they maybe want or need. I love that, Laura, because clearly we have willpower. We have willpower to wake up you know, typically, um, we have willpower to like eat, you know, (laughs) we have willpower to dress ourselves on the reg. So we do have willpower to get these things done. But it's the motivation to like, work out. I know I should work out. I know I want like to be a person who works out. But it is so that is one part of my life that I do not have willpower in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm the opposite where I find myself and this is really connected to the mental side of it. When I don't work out, like for a number of days, I can see and feel very clearly the difference in Mm -hmm. my attitude, my energy levels, my eating sleep patterns, Mm -hmm. my tolerance, like patience, irritability, everything shifts. Like I am someone who is that person that needs like to be active and be working out. And even if it's just a quick 20 minute exercise, I just get that like endorphin rush and I feel so much better and ready to like take on the day or finish my day or ready to like close down my day. But I, when I don't have it and even my husband will say, he's like, Oh my God, can you just go to the gym? Like, which is a challenge (laughs) right now because I can't, No, you can't. No. So now it really is testing my willpower um, because I know I don't have to. Yes, I know I'll feel better. But when you're like, I'm facing so much lethargy because it's like, well, I don't have to go anywhere and I can't go anywhere. But then it's like, I need to work out because I'm getting deeper and deeper into that. Like, I don't 
I don't have to do anything. I'll just sit on the couch and like I'm busy with work and the kids and whatever still. But yeah, it does change my um, whole just kind of demeanor. And that is what also drives me because when I feel mm-hmm. myself getting into that space, I'm like, okay, go do a 20 minute thing because you'll feel better. And then I do. And it's only 20 minutes. Yeah. Oh. And when you know, it doesn't take very long, right? Sometimes just to switch your state. It's just a state of mind. And that's the thing. Some of us, like mm-hmm. you, Lauren, get that, you know, endorphin rush. You get that feeling and sense of accomplishment. Mm-hmm. You get that empowerment from it. Whereas Jess, totally. you probably get that from other things. And mm-hmm. you're not feeling that yeah. level of, let's say, desperation. Not that that's a negative thing, but it's like you don't have that same for that specific behavior. And that's the interesting thing about when it comes to willpower is that, you know, you have all this willpower, let's say, and then you're like, I don't have the willpower to go to the gym or work out. And it's like, well, actually, it's probably because you don't really have that association with how it's benefiting you. You know what I mean? And you don't have it. Whereas Warren has linked those things. It's almost like that neural pathway like exercise then feel good is very direct like the train goes right there your stops along a few routes and you go really do i need to get there i'm already there like i've gotten there from cleaning my room or taking a bath or you know and that's the thing about self-care and that's when i started to notice that when people go to the gym the gym was just a microcosm of their greater life it was just one thing that they felt for themselves tick that box whatever it was it's not a it's not a hard and fast rule that exercise is the thing for you. For a lot of people, and there's many we know, studies have shown a million times of benefits. But what I found, interestingly, when I injured my back and I had just started Fit Mama, this was 2014. I had a one-year-old and a three-year-old. I was teaching multiple fitness classes. I was personal training. I was doing online personal training. I was driving around the city to private clients, all with a one and three-year-old. And my back gave out on me and there, I mean, that goes, I wrote a book about that. So that story is too long for today, but that initial backbreaking moment and what followed essentially taught me that because I couldn't physically go work out or do the things that I had done, like I was flipping and doing splits when I was a child and I never stopped. And all of a sudden I was laid out and I couldn't even sit up without pain or breathe without pain. It totally reframed the fact that I was like, I rely on that for my mental health and sanity and I can't do it now. I'm effed, right? And like, now that, what has that quarantine done for all of us? It's like, hey, wake up call, find new ways. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Like, it totally makes, you made a direct link. Like, I did make that connection long ago, probably my whole life, because I've always been active, always done sports and always felt better when I'm doing that. But it is like me exercise it's a one-way street like it's just a direct path to there whereas Jess you probably get fulfilled like you're a very sexual person so you have probably get more fulfillment that way like and and I obviously I'm married so (laughs) sex is part of my life too but it's just not like the same kind of need as Mm -hmm. the exercise need well oh yeah I and this isn't good but I get fulfilled from like my endorphins I feel my endorphins when I have a glass of wine say or you know when I'm like talking with my girlfriends that's when I feel my endorphins shooting off the same way you workout people describe (laughs) a workout you know what I mean and I just wish I like I like you said 
I lost like that kind of one way track because, or I never had it probably like as much as I love sports. I know that's a workout when I'm doing my sports, but it doesn't feel like I'm working out. It feels it's a different sort of association totally. So I know I'm getting something else for it. Probably the social aspect, which I know is what really triggers me for the endorphins, but I wish I could. And, and when I do a workout, I feel really good afterwards. I feel really good about, I feel like confident. I feel like, okay, you did something good. I feel proud, you know, like all the things, but it doesn't go, that's not going to motivate me to go tomorrow. Like, I wish I could. I wish it would. <laughs> it's a short-lived high for you. Oh, yeah. And when or I, when I get prolonged. myself there, you, well, yours is more like a, a dependent need. Yeah, it is. You're right. Right? It's more part of and a I routine. That's, that's for sure. It's kind of like Lauren's made it like it's like brushing her teeth. Like, if she doesn't brush her teeth for a few days, she's like, uh... And like, yeah. that's how I encourage people to think about it, like as a daily thing, because imagine you felt that empowerment that you feel after a workout on a regular basis, you can still have the other enjoyments in your life, but you know, physiologically that's benefiting you. So that may motivate you, but also mental health wise, we have all different balances of chemicals in our mind. Physical health wise, we have all different balances of physical ke chemicals in our bodies and our bodies all just associate things differently. So my best recommendation in this moment for you, Jess, is just play sports. You love that when you can get into a flow yeah. state, probably like Lauren does going running or doing whatever makes her feel good. When you're playing sports, you have the social, you have that and time probably three hours goes by. Whereas if you went to a gym, you'd be like three yeah. hours, like shoot me on the way. Right. Well, even now when I'm doing home ones, it's like 30 minutes, 45 minutes. And then there's like hour ones. I'm like, I, an hour would be an eternity right now. Like I can't sit here for an eternity. <laughs> I have shit to do. Exactly. Oh, well, you have other 45. things that you like to do too. And I think that's where yeah. I began. You know, I was always in fitness, like I said. And then when I couldn't move, I realized it's like, wow, some people don't can't move first of all some people don't like to so they don't do this and there's this whole other world out there that i was too busy moving around to notice yeah. and it, it, you, it's just that we're into different things and i think that you know your yeah. podcast says it beautifully it's like we each have a unique perspective that is only ours and we think everybody else gets what we get it's like why doesn't everybody do that that's they don't hard to understand that way, right yeah no well that's why i love that you have the focus on the inner size like i love that that is such a huge element to your i guess overall mindset and everything because it really is so big and it's not just about the physicality so like inner inner size like what more can you go more into that like i know you have your pillars of healthy so what does that entail? So, you know, I mean, the inner size aspect is really just the the sort of contribution to the holistic perspective as us, because the exercise, I really feel as though is very much an active doing kind of thing. Like if you will, like it's kind of that like push, push, let's do, let's work out, let's eat this and, you know, have these very action oriented behavior things. Whereas the inner size was sort of more to really give the idea of the mindset piece that who you are without trying the the aspect of sitting there quietly breathing and connecting to your own belly and starting to connect to the thoughts that you're thinking and you know i did my tedx talk called how to love yourself to the core and you know what i really pointed out in this talk was that we have 
so many thoughts in a day, like almost 100,000 thoughts in a single day. 80% of those are repeats from yesterday and negative. 80%. Wow. Oh. That's a really interesting statistic. And, and, and piece kind of, of terrifying. I know. Yeah. I know. So we just repeat the same things over and over in our heads. And we go, oh, you know, we're stuck in our stories. We're stuck in these thoughts. We're stuck in these negative thoughts about our bodies and what we should do and what we do. So one of the things that I started to notice was how our words are so powerful. And we know that. I mean, there's science to show that now. But it it was one of those things that stuck with me just growing up, realizing how certain words kind of affected me. I was like, oh, I don't like that word. Oh, I do, you know, and 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 realizing that when we can start talking positively to ourselves and not buy into these old stories that we may have been told by someone else, or you're not good at this, you're not good enough about this, or you should do that, or you have to do that, or you needed this. When I made a, a simple switch like, I have to do this and I put so much pressure on myself. I have to go to the gym. I have to do that. I have, and, and I switched it and I placed in its place this much gentler term called I get to. And I would say, I get to go for a walk. I get to go to the gym. I get to eat healthy. And it was as simple as that type of swap that made me realize that, you know, we can easily be sucked in to this very kind of old way where it's just like, oh yeah, it's comfortable to berate ourselves and try and push ourselves to the gym by being an asshole to ourselves and being our own worst enemy and taking such pride in that. And at the end of the day, if we can be our own best ally and tell ourselves constantly and consistently how much we love ourselves and how much we deserve to feel good and what feels good and why don't you want more of that and let's do that and not in a way where we're just ignoring the rest of the world around us and chasing a high, but it's a way that we really are honoring ourselves. And really we yeah. as women are not socialized to do that. We're not good at that <laughs> at all. Well, we have no practice, right? We have no practice. We, we and we have no training to push none. Exactly. Yeah. And like society doesn't exactly like invoke that i think it is more so now because people like you and other amazing like public figures out there are really really advocating for that kind of mentality and attitude so i'm hoping we're gonna get there for at least the next generation that that is just kind of the norm like you don't have these negative thoughts about yourself i think we're always gonna have a little bit but and that's also maybe a good thing too to be like okay well there's always room for improvement but there's that fine line where you don't want to be obsessive. Exactly. And I think we can definitely take it too far, uh, you know, and we we mm -hmm. look to others to sort of even reinforce it. It's like, oh, you know, making jokes, even, oh, I've gained weight since I've been in quarantine. And like, where is that taking us? You know what I mean? Why are we really stooping to the level of those conversations when really if we had true, meaningful conversations with each other? about how we were really feeling and what was behind us feeling the need. Is it boredom? Is it lack of something to do? Is it lack of connection? Is it, you know, there's so many things. And I think you said it, Lauren, we can hope for the next generation, but I truly believe it's inevitable for the next generation because it will be the way we thrive. It's not about survival anymore. And we can survive by talking negatively to ourselves, but how do we really truly thrive as humans? is by up leveling to that point where we don't need to become friends because, you know, we're self deprecating the whole time. Right. Yeah. Right. And it's so interesting that you said 
like why do we do that like we make jokes about it now what is the connection to that joke like why are we doing that is it because it's easier to be uncomfortable like you said or like is that sort of like a weird motivation for ourselves like okay I'll joke about the fact that I've gained 15 pounds but that's because I know I'm gonna go work it off soon like, well it's a justification I, and we all do this we justify uh, our very existence as women right Jess yeah. like, oh my god all the time a hundred percent and I also think it's a bit of a validation as well because either and I don't think that when women do this they're necessarily like fishing but it's a good way to be like uh, and it makes you feel better because then you, either somebody's gonna be like no you haven't or you look great or stop or at least like you know when you it's like you have to tell the truth. You know when you lie and you really need to say it out there? Like, I guess that's what you mean by justification and and I guess kind of getting it out there. But you have to kind of get it out in order to, like, feel better for some reason. I don't know why. It's like, it's like, are you thinking that I've gained 15 pounds? Because I've gained 15 pounds. I'm just going to say it. Like, you exactly. know what I mean? Totally. It's all based on judgment. And it begins with the self-judgment. And that's where okay. if we can start to just slow down our our lives enough and now we've been handed this beautiful thing in a way to slow down our lives yeah. and we can then take a few minutes to say before i say this what am i really hoping to get out of this and and what else could i say like what else could we have conversations about that would be truly meaningful connected and what if that was really my truth well that i'm not you know connecting well with being at home all the time or that i'm stressed out about this and Maybe you'd be there for me to help. Instead, we kind of go, oh, you're eating too much too? Oh, we're all eating too much. And then we just ignore it. And then in the future, we're just going to say, oh, what are you doing for your diet? And we go through the same rigmarole, which no, we know doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It is cyclical for sure. It just is ongoing for the people that well the people that some people make a change i think like you did um and you've done something and and you've lived you live with it now and that's part of who you are now and then i guess for the people that don't it just keeps going on and on and on and probably gets worse and oh, worse yeah. and worse yeah and, it's almost oh, how much terrible. can you take before you're ready to make a change and it doesn't mean your life needs an overhaul it's actually about listening to that small voice that's inside you that's been kind of like whispering all along every time and you kind of ignored it and the thing is is that one of the things that i've been teaching about lately is self-sabotage because we all do this thing that we call self-sabotage and i really started reframing again you know i like reframing reframing self-sabotage with self-soothing and it kind of gives this positive spin instead of it's like oh i'm self-sabotaging i'm eating this bag of chips when i told myself i wasn't and instead it's like oh that's self-soothing so wow, that chips is kind of like, I'm looking for this end result from going to the bag of chips, right? It kind of creates an awareness for us that we can then use tools like compassion for ourselves or forgiveness for ourselves, which I name my right and left hand. And I always say these tools are available to you, this self-compassion and self-forgiveness. And these are the tools that will get you through this time that you're needing to self-sabotage. I need that next drink. I need the next fix. And if we can give ourselves a hug with those two elements and just say, you know, it's okay, Jess. Oh my God, Lauren, look what everything that's going on. It's okay that you need self-soothing. Honey, what else soothes you? And having this loving conversation with yourself and then even saying, you know, I'm going to write a list of things that soothe me. And these are the things that really are where I can turn to. And yeah, sometimes they don't look as exciting as the chocolate or a bottle of wine. 
And sometimes those are great. And it's if there's no judgment, we realize that the bottle of wine and the chocolate only goes so far. And when we hold our mm-hmm. own hand and ask the questions and actually wait for the answers, they come and we're liberated. Yeah. I love how you um you say that like just being gentler with yourself and it's crazy because you know when you're talking to your girlfriends or literally anyone and you hear like self-deprecating talk and like I cringe when I hear my friends say horrible things about themselves I'm like that is my friend you're talking about like what the what are you what are you saying like and I don't see it that way obviously like oh I look terrible like what the fuck so imagine if we all could take a little bit of that gentleness to ourselves and and speak better about ourselves overall like even a small percentage i think we would feel a lot happier having that compassion having that forgiveness and i love how you use the bottle of wine for an example because it's so true yes it will feel good but it literally will not make you feel good tomorrow <laughs> like you literally will feel worse tomorrow physically and mentally yes yes especially as you get older but we're so conditioned to find those quick fixes too, right? Because we're such a yes. generation of like immediate gratification, immediate satisfaction. Yes. So it's like, I don't feel good. What can I do? I'll have a bottle of wine or I'll go bingey or I'll maybe do something somewhat self-sabotage or destructive or, you know, harmful, but not like, well, I mean, for some people harmful. Um, and that's really scary because like it can be a slippery slope. But it sure can. I think I think that is something that we're hearing a lot more now too though is this be kind to yourself. Mm-hmm. It is okay to love yourself first of all, accept yourself and give yourself the proper care and as women I think especially when you become a wife or a mother you put all of that time and energy into other people and so you are always on the back burner and just Again, very recently, in more recent years, we have been pulled to the front. And I'm really like, I, I've been picked up, like, sorry, I've picked up on that too in my own life. Like, I'm really trying to apply that because I'm someone who would always self-deprecate. Like, and part of the reason where the gym was such an important part of my life is because, okay, I just need to be a little bit fitter, a little bit like skinnier. And then now I'm like, no. I just want to be healthy. I just want You're to You're a 10 better. out of 10 as is. <laughs> That's what's funny. Like, even you hearing you say something like, what the fuck? You're gorgeous. You are amazing. Like, it's so funny hearing. Well, it's not funny at all. It's, it's, I hate it. Like, but it's crazy <laughs> that, like, how do you not see that? You know? Well, it's, I mean, body dysmorphia is a thing. So, totally. and, and for people, totally. like, otherwise, I'm a pretty confident individual. But I have my moments of, of self-criticism and self-doubt. Yeah. But it's also something I have actually been like talking to myself about more lately is like, whoa, do I have body dysmorphia? As someone who's always been like, you look great. Same thing to my friends. Like, oh, you're so like, you look so good. Like you're doing so well. And like, you're in such great shape and like always very complimentary. And then I look in the mirror and I'm like, oh, I could be a little bit like lose this muffin top, especially postpartum, right? Like when you're your body is different after you've had kids. Um, and so I'm like, but why am I doing this? Like, am I seeing what's really there or I'm, is my brain seeing something that's not really there? So that so talk is the inner size. 
Yeah, I, I'm working on it and yeah. I'm accepting <laughs> myself more and more um, because I, I I feel good. I'm healthy. I, I look good um, exterior wise, uh, but more important to me is mentally like I want to feel good mentally, yeah. but I just think body dysmorphia and all of what we're talking about really go hand in hand and it's a really hard thing to overcome, especially if you don't even realize you have it. And you know what, Laura, you touched on something really good there, which, um, Jen, you are an expert in is, is postpartum. And I guess, Mm -hmm. I guess what prepartum, like partum, (laughs) like all of it. Yeah. Prenatal. Sorry. Um, so that's something that you're kind of an expert in because you really felt connected with that as being a mother. So I, and I know that like a lot of your practice is about that. So can you kind of talk about that a little bit too, because I wanted to yeah, like I know that it's something, it's not just the workouts and the nutrition, but you have an emphasis on being safe. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes. Thank you. Yes. My, you know, my area of focus with postnatal, prenatal, all that is, is on the pelvic floor and the pelvic floor muscles are sort of the forgotten muscles. And like I said, I've been in fitness forever. and I was a personal trainer for years and years. I took prenatal and postnatal certifications and I went through pregnancy and postpartum, not really understanding how the deep inner core actually works. Therefore, when I hurt my back, I really had to dive into what was really going on. I mean, not not only anatomically, physiologically, but just how it worked functionally when the baby was growing inside us and then what would change. And it went further than, you know, something like diastasis recti, which is, you know, known as the superficial splitting of the two abdominal sides. There's so much going on deeper than that, that people are really affected so much more by, but it doesn't show up until many, many years down the road when you're like, I'm still peeing my pants or now something's hanging out that doesn't feel right. Or I'm older and getting put into a a home because my kids don't want to change my diapers and we need a nurse full time. And those are the things that are showing up way later in life. And we're only now in the last really 10 years focusing on rehabilitation of the deep inner core unit postpartum and understanding what that means while you're pregnant, how the organs are moving, how the pre, you know the actual muscles of the pelvic floor are changing, how the intra-abdominal pressure pushing downwards affects everything and the neural pathways. So this is like, this is my jam. I love talking about all that stuff, which it's a lot. Well, and it's like goes in deep. But exactly what you said You could know or not know any of that stuff and you could be exercising or dieting or whatever you're thinking you want to do to change your body. But if you are seeing what Lauren was saying, body dysmorphia, if you are seeing something that's not there or if you are justifying every food you eat with a big run or something else that you're really finding this is all very aggressive in that way. That's where I take people backtrack all the way to one of the most primal things and our true life force, which is our breath. And breathing is what rehabilitates the core and gets it functional again. And we like to just jump into all these steps ahead and go running and go to CrossFit and do all these postpartum exercises. But if we have not breathed and got that core unit working properly again, we are going to end up with some type of core dysfunction, which is like back pain or an injury like I ended up getting. So that's super, super interesting. Two things on that. One, Jess, I just have to call out when Jen mentioned like you get put in a home because 
your parents, yeah. people, your kids don't want to change your diaper, but also something sticking out that shouldn't be like, remember we were talking about prolapse? Yes. And I ruined your life. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I had never known about any of this. And she, we're t- driving. She's telling me, I'm like, who, like, who, why are you ruining my life right now? Like, why are you telling me this? I did not know that was a thing. But so no, basically I brought it up know. because it's just like really interesting that you said that it leads into other problems like later in life. I think on the surface level, we know that, that if you don't take care of yourself now, you're going to suffer for it later. But it's so funny that we just like don't invest the same to avoid the problems later. It is so immediate. It's so right now. And then the other thing that you mentioned about the core, and this is something I was really curious about is because there is so many misconceptions about that. And I still don't even really know because like I've been pregnant. I have so many friends that have been pregnant. Everybody is a different pregnancy. And so you hear like women trying to get back into exercise, back into the gym, trying to strengthen that core and flatten the tummy. But like some people, experts, and I use that in air quotes because maybe that's what they call themselves and they're actually not. Um, You are. So I will trust what you say. But they're like, oh, you can never do a core workout again. You can never do a sit up. You can't do this. You can't do a plank or only do planks or like or the complete opposite. So for women, it's like I have no idea who to listen to. I have no idea what works, what's actually going to help my core strength. And then you just don't do anything or you do the wrong thing and screw yourself later. Something to speak to that, Lauren, is I think that's why, Jen, we wanted you on so much is because mm-hmm. you not only have, you know, all of the years experience, personal training and in fitness, but then you also took it further and you have your master's degree in the psychology of it all. So you're kind of coming at this from several angles and really getting to the bottom of of all that's connected because we know it is all connected. But I do want to take a step back because you said, Laura, everyone knows that if you don't take care of yourself now, it's going to get worse. But I I don't know that. Do I? Well, I don't know what a, like what to do for my <laughs> pelvic floor. I don't know. I don't, that. Know, I don't know. Like, <laughs> please don't put me in a home later because I'm not taking care of my pelvic floor right now because I don't know what to do. <laughs> You know what? You say a good point. I mean, it's uh, some of the things we think are so obvious really aren't. And the bottom line is, is that we have a deep inner core unit that is made up of muscles inside our body. The bottom of our core is our pelvic floor. And that's our muscles sitting inside our pelvis where our holes are. So our urethra, vagina, and anus all go through the middle in the PC muscles, we call them in the pelvic floor. And so that is connected directly to the top of the core, which is the diaphragm. And I have a link to a video I'll send you that you can post because it's super handy. It's just a super easy YouTube video. So the muscles go in together up and down. So as you breathe in, the pelvic floor goes down. And as you breathe out, the pelvic floor comes back up. That's your natural state. Now, pregnancy changes that because of all that pressure. And it actually ends up working a little bit backwards. That's when extra pressure adds. That's when plus your pelvic floor is weak because a baby had to go through. So, it, you know, the muscles really changed and they take time to heal. And when we too soon go back and do something, something just jumping can send another organ through the pelvic floor. It's oh, yeah, that God. just made me cringe. And also you're making me become very aware of my breath right now. I'm like, Same. trying to like think about my breathing as we're sitting here and talking. But, uh, same. And I'm doing my other- kegels. <laughs> which I think is right the right now? thing to do, right? right now. Oh yeah, I'm doing it right now. 
As soon as I hear um, pelvic floor, I'm like, oh yeah, do Kegels. But I just wanted to say, I love how you just even just explain that tiny little bit of, of how when you breathe in, breathe out, what's happening physiologically. Like, I love that extra little bit of scientific explanation because of course, throughout all workouts, well, mainly yoga, which is what I've been doing lately is breathe, 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 breathe. But I love having that extra step further about breathing and really imagining even further into those core muscles, like going deeper and deeper. So I really appreciate that. You're welcome. Absolutely. Thanks. It really, you know what, that's where I come back to the, the neuropsychology of it, which is that's the neural yes. pathway that you're creating. Just like when we do a bicep curl and we know science has shown when we visualize or imagine our bicep doing the work, it adds to the load and the changes in our brain. And that is so clear. Like, I don't know if you guys have ever done a bar workout. Those are brutal. But the, for some reason, the studio that I go to, she's like, she, the, a lot of the instructors are like, imagine it going in. And obviously, a lot of yoga practitioners do this as well, like where you're, you're breathing into that body part. You're visualizing that body part and imagining and they tell you how you're supposed to feel while doing it. And I've never, I think that's why I need classes so much. I could never go to the gym because I don't know how to do that on my own and I'm doing it wrong. I know I'm doing those exercises or movements wrong. So that small appreciation or, the, or that small information gives me such an appreciation and I know makes the move any sort of applicable to my body. Totally. You know and I, I mean? think what you just emphasized is how important our thoughts are towards ourself mm -hmm. at the same time, what we reinforce all day long, saying you can't do that, you never go to the gym, what makes you think today you're gonna go? You you always cop out on your workout too early, you you know, and that stuff all of a sudden becomes, oh, we believe it, oh, we, and you know, that's our norm. And I think yeah. becoming aware of that is so key. And that's where I really, you know, I emphasize this with Fit Mamas is to focus on things that a, that you can control because there's so much that we try and control that does not have, you know, oh, the weather sucks. It's like, okay, well, so you're going to, you know, be mad about it all day? We know. Yeah. And so things like journaling, things like meditating, these habits, even like sleep that you can do on a regular basis that give you that sense of feeling grounded in yourself, kind of come full circle to back what we talked about at the beginning, right? And how we all have different behaviors that help us feel grounded. And the reason why I'm wanting to come back to this is just to touch again on the willpower thing, because the interesting thing is this, is that willpower, we think willpower is just like this one thing. It's like, oh, I just, you know, I'm so tired. I have no energy at the end of the day. I can't go to the gym. And we think we're physically tired. But the thing is, is that what we learn with willpower is that it's a finite resource. We only have so much. So it's like if it's all in our bathtub and it filled up the bathtub and then throughout the day, different things draw upon our willpower. One of those things, physical things. So if we went and run a marathon, for sure, we have less willpower. We're just, we are physically exhausted. The second thing though, mental. So if we're getting in fights all day or we're like putting out fires or working really hard or doing spreadsheets or all the things, we can get mentally completely depleted and therefore we have no more willpower. And so we can't say, well, I sat at this desk all day and I did nothing and now I still can't get myself to the gym. I must be so lazy. No, your willpower is depleted from mental things as well. The third thing that draws upon the same pool of willpower is emotional things. So again, we're like, oh, fight with the hubby or this is, oh my God, I still see all these dishes in the sink. Oh, my mom's burdening me, oh la la la. We become again, so depleted. And these are three huge elements of our lives. Huge. And they're all depleting the same resource. Yeah. 
So it's like, how do we do this? And the truth of it is that I found in the research, and now what we've come to this is that was almost 15 years ago that I did that study, was that it's all about positive emotion. If you can get yourself into a positive emotional headspace, pump some tunes that you love, watch a quick comedy show, call a friend, have a laugh, go to sleep, get the nap you need, whatever it is that helps you get into a positive emotional space. From that place, we come to a place where we can, what's called in literature, broaden and build. And from that place, you know, to answer your question from before, why do we do this? Why do we do this to ourselves? Well, it's because we're in a place that is not broadened and built. It's in survival. It's in you asshole. You didn't do what you said you do. I hate you. I don't trust you. And we sit in these negative guilt and shame emotions that are so low vibration. We don't know what we're broadening and building to. We don't know if we're going to make it through the day because we put ourselves so down far in a hole and we forgot even the things that were potentially able to bring us positive emotion, whatever that may be that day. Wow. Yeah, that's powerful. Very powerful. But it's still such a seemingly such a struggle to like get there. And obviously this is where your training comes in. So I want to like dive now more into like Fit Mama and what that brand is because it started as like a business, but now it's an an entire brand. Um, And I think what you were just talking about probably is so like such a huge part of what Fit Mama offers. It's, well, I guess you have clients, you have followers, you have just people that believe in you. So break down Fit Mama exactly for us. Because I think for someone who maybe would be brand new to it, would hear Fit Mama and be very like, oh, I don't know, because I'm not a fit mama. And does that mean I have to be really fit? And so we want to like have people hear that it has nothing, well, not nothing, but it isn't only to do with being like super fit physically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's absolutely the approach with which you perceive yourself. And we so often look at ourselves either in the mirror and look at all our flaws, or we imagine ourselves through the eyes of all these people that are in our lives and reflect it. My mom sees me as this, my husband sees this, my wife, my friend, my this. We play these characters all day, right? And Fit Mm -hmm. Mama is really about stripping back those layers to get to the core of who you are. And when you do breathing and when you do journaling and when you do quiet mindfulness practices such as a meditation, which people are like, I don't know how to meditate. And really, there's literally nothing to it. Like, you just sit and be quiet. And, like, we always want to do stuff. And there's just Mm -hmm. nothing to do. And I think so often we become accustomed or addicted to the madness, right? The chaos. 100%. I am for sure addicted a little bit to that. Like, I find when I do have downtime, I kind of am, like, looking for something else to do. Like, I can't just stand here and, like, cook the dinner. Like I need to be cooking the dinner and doing this and I need to be answering emails and I need to be texting. I need to be posting to Instagram. Like honestly, the list feels endless and I totally do it to myself. Like I go, I seek it out almost. I find it very, very hard to decompress, but I also find that I think I'm comfortable in that chaotic state. Like I, Oh yeah. That's your normal chemical cocktails going through cocktail, cocktail of chemicals going through your body. 
That is your stress chemicals of cortisol. That's adrenaline, noradrenaline. That's your different balances every day of dopamine, how much you give into your serotonin dopamine levels up and down. So we are naturally going through and like tweaking things all day long. And so this is really where I, you know, I, 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 like I said, I wrote the book, The Love Fit Mama Way, and it's just all about starting with love. And the reason why I like to kind of point that out is because that sort of cocktail of chemicals that you're going through is not starting with love. It's starting out of the scarcity fear aspect of I have to do this, I have to get that done, I have to do this. It's not like a judgment or a negative thing. It's just a completely different side of your nervous system. One is like push and the other is like be. And so we just need more of a wow. balance of this. It's if we didn't do all the push, we, we none of us would be here where we got today, right? But mm -hmm. there's a limit. And that chemical cocktail that we end up in, it sometimes can be very, very depleting. Not only mentally, physically, emotionally, but actually chemically on the cellular level with inflammation, those chemicals and all those things going through our bodies all the time. That's not how we were designed. We have our sympathetic nervous system, which is where you're living. And I lived for, I mean, so many days of my life up till 38 years, but literally it's our, it's our opportunity to spark up the parasympathetic side of our nervous system, the rest, the digest, the calming, because this is another study I shared in my TEDx talk was exactly about chocolate cake. And they did this study with chocolate cake and they asked two groups. They said, okay, let's say, Lauren, you represent the first group. Lauren, your group, do you see cake as celebration or a guilty pleasure? And Lauren says, guilty pleasure. And Jess's side, they ask, you know, this is how they randomize them into people's mind space about it. Jess's side was like celebration cake. Yeah. And so then they did, they actually fed these people cake. And then they took baseline, they did a whole bunch of different testing on around cortisol specifically, which is our stress hormone, and tested it. And what cortisol, what it represents, if it's in your bloodstream, saliva, et cetera, is like stressed out through the roof. Mm -hmm. So when they tested the groups, Lauren's guilt group had cortisol levels that were higher in the immediate, late, like before, during, after. And then also what they found was that afterwards, Jess's group was able to digest and not store any of the cake as fat, but because of the chemical cocktail going on in Lauren's body, she stored the cake as fat in her body. Wow. I'll, I'll never look at chocolate cake the same again. <laughs> I probably would be in the guilty pleasure zone though, like group, because I want to believe that it would be like a celebration. Like I, I understand why cake is a celebratory well, it's literally and, a celebratory food. Yeah, but I, but I, but what I mean, like, as much as I'm like participating in that energy about it being celebratory right. with family, friends, my children's birthdays, all the stuff that you have cake at, I'm really going like, mm, I don't want to eat this because it'll mean like I should probably work out later, or I, mean, I you shouldn't finish it, or like, yeah, just like I'll have a tiny, tiny it. piece. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's all these other things that come in front of the just enjoy the fucking cake. And that's yeah. and that and to <laughs> notice that first, Lauren, it's right there. Like you nailed it. You noticed it. And now comes the fun part, which is deprogramming yourself, because that's just a social norm. That's a cultural. That's our fat phobic society. That's fat shaming. That's diet culture. 
all right there. Okay, but is it also um, a gender thing? I know that you notice and recognize and discuss the masculine versus feminine traits, but is this like a feminine trait or a female trait to do this? No, this is yeah, definitely socialized. This is socialized. Okay. Yeah, the male and fa- the male men- masculine and feminine sides are more what I was talking about earlier with Lauren's feeling of. I got to go do this. I got to do that. I got to do that. That's the yang. That's the push. And then I'm talking about rest and sit and breathe and just calm your nervous system and be here now. And she's all like, ah, that doesn't feel comfortable. And we go to what feels comfortable, right? That's our survival. Right. We go, oh, we, we recognize that. Oh, that feels good. Okay. And so that's your comfort place is feeling that guilt because you think that that will motivate you next time to go to the gym. You think, and I'm not saying you, but people in general, Mm -hmm. this is what the the studies have shown. We think that that negative, oh, Lauren, you shouldn't eat this cake and blah, blah, blah. The the reality is, is this. If you like the cake, enjoy the cake, have the cake. In that moment, you can actually ask yourself, because even if you love all cake, you can get to a party and you can want to participate, but you actually just don't want the cake. And the time to say, no is the time where you're actually saying no because there will be those times you know those times where it's not like oh i shouldn't have it it's like oh i really don't even feel like it right now that's when you honor it and this is how you start to build self-trust because we erode self-trust i mean all the time we go i'm gonna start the diet on monday oh i'm gonna do the gym oh i'm gonna be better next time and then we can't trust ourselves because next time comes and we're worse off because we held all this responsibility and expectation and It's all kinds of drama, but then we live in drama and the chaos and all that stuff. So my, my whole thing with the love fit mama way and this whole movement around starting with love is that when we begin with gratitude, appreciation, reverence, forgiveness, compassion, joy, all those positive high vibration emotions, what that does is it actually it, that those emotions are housed in our chest cavity, in our heart. And all these negative ones and all the you know negative self-talk and all those thoughts about how bad we are and how lazy or whatever, that's housed in our head. And science has now shown that the electromagnetic frequency that is emanating from our heart space is over 5,000 times stronger than the one that's emanating from our brain. So if I showed you a visual, yeah, and we just saw the EMF coming out of our head or coming out of our chest, it's 5,000 times greater out of our chest. So when we can get into that vibration and we are there in a space, so that's what I teach with the breathing, the journaling. It's about remembering more of who we are, which is love. We came from love. We are love. And our heart is open to expand people throughout our life boy, does it get closed off? And there's enough experiences we can go, oh yeah, shut down there. Oh, that shut me down. Then we get triggered and our whole life is, you know, comes from that. But there are ways of peeling back those layers and shining our heart back through. And that is truly what I call transforming the core of motherhood, where instead of so fixated on our belly roll or stretch marks or size of our thighs, we are emanating joy, love, peace, reverence, and cherishing our bodies and our life And when we love the life we have and the body we have, we will have a body and life that we love just like that. Wow. You know, what's crazy. You are, you're such a good like speaker, like everything you're saying, I'm like, what the hell? Like you are amazing. 
I love everything that's coming out because I love the 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 science behind it. I love the emotional behind it. It's so real. It's so like holistic and it makes so much sense. All of this like you're saying we should think with our hearts more because obviously heart head is such a struggle all the time all day every fucking day so go with our hearts more I love that you know what thank you for bringing that up because this is a beautiful thing so exactly great question and how many times have we been told don't think with your heart it'll screw you up all kinds of time Right. right right not true and here's the reason why it's because not we're not necessarily thinking with our heart. And I think this is where the key, and I'm going to try and make a visual for you that's really clear. So our heart space, big, big, strong EMF, right? Our brain, little EMF. So what, there's a, there's a whole, incre- I mean, if you Google heart math, like mathematics, heart math, heart math has done research on this for many, many, many years. And this is where I get a lot of the information I get on the heart. And one of the things that they have found through their their practices, let's say, which is creating heart coherence. So you can do practices where you get a much more coherent signal. So if we had electrodes on our brain, we could see those kind of, you know, brain waves. If we had electrodes on our heart, we could see different heart things. So essentially, they've done tons and tons of studies. They have so much data to back this. Essentially, we can get into a state of heart coherence where it's a very beautiful pattern and things are very, let's say calm for lack of a better term. When we get into this state in our heart space and we are in a state of heart coherence, naturally our brain is in coherence. And that is unbelievably naturally happens. It's not a top-down process per se, that if our brain's in coherence, our heart is in coherence. Our brain naturally quickly gets into coherence when our heart is. So if we can start with calming ourselves down, let's say we're having, oh my gosh, how is the world going to you know, end up? We're into anxiety. We're into stress. If we can calm ourselves down through the breath, connect to here and now, even put our hands on our heart, start to think about thoughts such as joyful thoughts, gratitude. We think of a person or sometime we gave a big hug and we felt so connected. This will start to get our heart into coherence and the heart waves will begin to coherence. And then all of a sudden the brain clicks in and it's not now making decisions from drama world, cortisol world, you know, all the everything stress world. It's coming from a place where you are naturally in a broaden and build framework where you see that truly you have all within you that you need and now you can make a coherent decision on something. It's not coming from guilt, shame, regret. Oh my God, he said, she said, I should, whatever. It's really, really listening to yourself. And that probably, I think that can connect and correct me if I'm wrong, Jen, but are we going one step further and thinking about like trust your gut that's even lower than the heart like is that even going to connect and i know that that's like how the chakras work yes yes kind of a hundred percent jess you nailed it you know what we hear and i already talked about it the the nervous system we we hear of the sympathetic nervous system and we hear of the parasympathetic nervous system fight and flight rest and digest there is another aspect of our nervous system which is called the enteric nervous system Okay, the enteric nervous system is literally our gut. And they have found that there are neurons, brain cells in our gut. 
This is literally science has shown that now. So we know without a shadow of a doubt that we can get a gut feeling, that we can get something triggering a neuron, a brain cell in our belly, and it will affect what's going on. It can actually have intelligence. So yes, so that is very, very good point. So I'm going to actually just backtrack for one sec into the chakras because I think that's a really, really good point. For anyone who is not familiar with chakras, I'm going to just really, really quickly basically explain that they are energy centers. They are energy centers in the body. And Egyptian chakra knowledge has 12 chakras. General, what we know as sort of, let's say, Eastern chakra knowledge is seven chakras. And those are sort of lined up along our spine. Our base chakra is down at the very base of us, right in our pelvis, right around our anus. Our sacral chakra is in our pelvis. Our solar plexus chakra is just around our diaphragm area. Our heart chakra is right in our middle of our chest. Throat chakra is right at our neck. Third eye chakra is right here in the middle between our eyes, our eyebrows. And the crown chakra is located a couple inches above the head. And these are just energy centers. So they are essentially, they allow energy to flow through you as a system. Because what we think as people is that we think, okay, you know what? I come over, I can touch you, I can hug you. And you're like a solid piece of matter, let's say. Not true. Because if we looked at you under a microscope and we just kept looking, 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 at the very, very base, you are nothing but pretty much empty space. 99.99999 is nothing. There's like a little cells and little things, electrons and all that floating around, but very few if you look up in the grand scheme of things. So we are essentially just all light beings where light is emanating through us at all times. And if, you know, we we think, oh, it's it's heavy feelings. I feel really heavy. I feel that's an actual thing because there's a certain heaviness. It's a darkness versus a lightness. And so when we can be clear through our chakras and each chakra sort of has like a different theme to it, let's say, like our base chakra is really our, our beginning. Our base chakra is our root. It's our foundation. And if we you know, don't feel solid in our foundation or we were violated and we, you know, we don't feel safe. All the chakras above, ergo our whole body is out of alignment. It doesn't have energy running straight through. There are blockages and ultimately these blockages can break down, lead to different things and, and we don't feel as good. So sometimes we think we're looking for like actual concrete things, why we don't feel good and they can be so mental, emotional, historical, they can be epigenetic, which is found in our cells. They've found now that over 15 generations of things are passed down to us through our ancestors. So we can feel what they went through to a certain degree. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Epigenetics is absolutely so fascinating. And I just quite recently learned about it and it made so much sense to me personally And I would definitely love to like learn so much more about it from somebody who is really like knowledgeable on it because I'm not yet. But it's it's something that I realize like I need to like understand this better. And thank you for like explaining chakras because I've heard about them, but I really (laughs) didn't know what that was. Like, no, when I was talking to Lauren about having you on, Jen, and she, I was like, and she talks about chakras, and Lauren's like, what's a chakra? I'm like, oh hell, 
we need her on because yeah, like, what everyone exactly know? is a chakra like i know it's a thing but i didn't know what it was but now i do so that's awesome. yeah yeah no it's so crazy i also um i don't know if if you can do this to yourself like you know how you hold the the pendant or something over can you test your own chakras absolutely you can i have one right here too yeah it looks just like that yeah Uh, this actually this is a pendulum that i got from (gasps) heather you got that from heather we got it together in boston that's why they look the same of course i just remembered we got them in boston in salem and it's so funny i just i'm like mine looks the exact same as that i have it right here i I won't get up because my recording will be so loud but it's the same one that's so funny Jen and Jess are just uh, showing their chakras. We're on the Zoom call so we can see each other. Just so yes. our listeners know what we're talking about because they can't. Yeah, see yeah, us, yeah. So. <laughs> yes. We just yes, had some like, psychic Basically, there's, there's ways to test the chakras. So they are, whether they're open or they're closed, and they can be open and closed. They kind of fluid, fluid throughout the day. They, you know, they change. We can have large blockages. We can have, you know, I did Reiki training back about almost eight years ago now. And Reiki is the art of healing. It's a healing art and it uses the energy centers. And it's unbelievable what is possible when you can clear the energy centers that are stagnant or things are stuck. And it's usually emotional things that are stuck in these areas. So it affects all your areas. If you are and you may not even know it that you are having, you know, blockages energetically in your base chakra, your sacral chakra. But for some reason, you know, you can't orgasm or you've never felt a deep, intimate connection sexually or you never feel safe enough to open up to friends or just little things. That you always feel un, you know, unsafe and you want to move around. It could be these little things that you just think, oh, that's a quirky part of my personality or that's who I am. But really, energetically something may have and probably did sometime in your lifetime that blocked you and or if we don't we understand in a past life or our ancestors life absolutely okay. yeah and epigenetically it could be in some you know your great great grandmother's life so it's very much something that we can't necessarily pinpoint why and you know sometimes we go and I'm a huge proponent of therapy and wanted to be a therapist most of my life. But sometimes just we discuss why me? Why did this happen to me? Why this? Really, when we realize it's about clearing it and by all means, you know, seek understanding, but clearing it is the key. And sometimes we can keep seeking understanding as to why this may have happened to us, but we can clear it and keep going and not have that keep coming up at the same time. It's interesting wow. because... I wonder, though, for a lot of the things that we've discussed, these are also like things that you have to believe in a little bit. I think that one of the challenges for people is getting to that space where they're like, okay, I'm choosing to acknowledge my chakras. I'm choosing to acknowledge epigenetics, maybe. I'm choosing to acknowledge like getting in touch with my energy. breathing and my energies and and my light versus my darkness and all of those things. So I think that's an area that people need to start with because that's challenging. I'm not someone that's good at that sort of thing. Like I'm very, well, is a chakra of yours closed? Maybe like, is there something like that to open it? I wouldn't know. You know what? Right. I think open-mindedness is key. And I think 100% with what you said with placebo. And actually, one of my favorite books of all time is called You Are the Placebo. 
and you would really like it. I know Jess, you would too, definitely. It is by a guy named Dr. Joe Dispenza. And he has a number of really incredible books. He does a lot of that research for the HeartMath Institute with his stuff. He has a lot of electrodes on brains while people are meditating and stuff. And essentially, you are truly the placebo. And you can wake up every day and go through the motions and have that same cocktail in your head and go, oh, yeah, and oh, I need this now. You know, you you basically, you do the same things to reinforce all day who you are. And when we can start to take ourselves outside of that, by, you know, trying new things. Hey, I'm going to meditate. Hey, this. And it's not like you're going to notice something maybe right away. You might, but it's really, it is about the belief. And another book Mm -hmm. called The Biology of Belief really talks about this with respect to, and both of these are relating to our health. So it's like, you know, they have done studies with like, okay, I told Lauren, this medicine is going to work a hundred percent. And then boom, the cancer was gone. And then she read a study that said that medicine didn't work and boom, the cancer was back. And then she found out, you know, and that's how quick these things work. And it is all based on our belief. Absolutely. Our belief systems are really everything because they produce the the cascade to begin the thoughts. Well, it's the power of mind, right? It's like mind over matter also. Like, I think we do discount how truly powerful our mind and our hearts obviously are. I mean, what you said earlier has given a completely new meaning for me to lead with your heart versus lead with your head. Um, so I think because it's just, we're not trained to think this way. Like society well, has decided how we all should think. And from those thoughts, how we then act on those things. And as women too, we are a little bit conditioned to be like that stereotypical, like crazy girl, like, Oh, he, didn't text me back. I'm going to freak out. And my friends are going to agree with that response because that's what we're supposed to do. And so it's like, it's just so mental and like your brain is so powerful. But if you were just like, I'm not going to freak out because I don't really care. Like that just, then you're (laughs) like, right. And I'm not freaking out now. Like, it's so amazing how just like that little switch and just what you say to yourself and let your mind have that kind of power but then getting to that point where you allow that and believe in it is also like just part of the process. Well, there's like a couple of things there. Like I love how, first of all, Laura, you said this kind of, um, it needs the belief in it because, you know, for a long time, I think people were like harder, like life was harder. Like I think that people were like, maybe this stuff was hokey or like, a witchy or something, you know what I mean? Like it's well, the holistic, it it's alternative religion. I, I, I was, yeah, and it, of course, going against religion. But then, and and I'm not saying I love that you incorporate the science because it kind of validates that or or makes it more believable. But I love the science of it because it kind of incorporates. It's like it's kind of like theoretical having a chakra, but then when you incorporate it with like how you mentioned, uh breathing into our hearts and then the logic comes to our brain it makes so much freaking sense and so i love having both of them but i am a believer in that stuff a believer if whatever you call it um because i know some people are like oh that's hokey like you know when you talk to like if i talk to my brother about this he's like oh my god he'd be like just man up and like you don't need to chakra like you know he'd say stuff like that and I'm like, okay, you could really use some help with this just saying that <laughs> you need to get in touch with your like, chakras <laughs> Yeah, but it's like he's like one of those macho type of guys who who is just wouldn't really appreciate that 
kind of thing. But I think so with I, guys, I really think believing is is a huge. Well, believing is or accepting is a huge aspect of it. And I think with guys though, that is also kind of fear of unknown. And like you said, he's a macho guy. Men are conditioned to be like, I don't need any of that. That's stupid, girly, like wimpiness, all about emotions. Like it's kind of a joke to them. And for those that are a little bit more in touch with their feminine side, as they say, they might find a lot of benefit from it. I would say like, yeah, a little bit more mature. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, a like, little bit more to be open-minded. Yeah, yeah. And, and like, just to be clear, I believe in it. Like, I believe in what you're saying. It's funny that you said in touch with their feminine side and maturity. And, of course, those are really linked. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I think uh, it is something harder for men to, like, get into. But I one of the things you guys mentioned was, like, maybe there's a blockage in one of your chakras as it pertains to like sexuality or sensuality. And I just like think that that would be a really good thing to touch on because this is a podcast for women primarily. Um, And And we love sexuality (laughs) and we love sexuality, (laughs) but I think it's something still like we've had, we've talked about it in different ways with different guests on the show. Um, But this is a different element that we would want to bring to it and like how you can kind of give women some insight on like what may be happening and how you brought this into your life and how you now bring it into your practice as well. Well, I mean, as you know, I work with the pelvic floor, talk about the pelvic floor. And as I mentioned, that's our base chakra. That's our like our our base chakra, our sacral chakra. Both of those are right down in our pelvis. And, you know, women we for many, 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 many generations have, you know, had things against us, let's say, and there have been many violations. And I'm not saying that hasn't happened to men, but we women as a general have a certain level of pain, trauma, triggers naturally in our pelvic area. And that could be ours and we could be spared that. But naturally, it's uh, sex in general is one of those shame topics. It's like, oh, our parents never really taught us or we learned in school and it was weird and it was wrong. We never talked about it. And eh. There's a lot of that. And I think that is natural when we bring sort of that shame or guilt aspect to it. And for, for how I've brought it back in is really just talking to women about it and asking them because we don't really talk about it enough. Like what about sex after you have a baby? And many women are scared to be penetrated after the the pain that they went through giving birth, or maybe they had a surgery and they're still recovering and how to get back to that. That's such a dynamic, both physically, mentally, emotionally with ourselves, with our partner. There's so many dynamics at play. And of course it definitely affects all of our chakras, but really is housed at the base first two chakras. And I think it's it's really not about understanding the chakras per se, but more about understanding you and your triggers, understanding specifically what makes you feel unsafe and what makes you feel safe. And when I talk about mm. specifically safety, that's really the theme of the first two chakras, especially as it relates to sex. And for me, I've, you know, I've been discovering and uncovering and, and you know, analyzing and doing this with myself and my clients and all the things for so many years. And I've really come to the bottom line, the fact that safety is the absolute foundation for us as women to 
explore sexually without the whole dialogue, monologue, negativity, shame, spirals that we can get into. And that can come from feeling safe with another person, but most especially begins with us feeling safe within our own bodies, feeling like it's okay to explore, like it's okay to look in the mirror. It's okay to pleasure ourselves. It's okay to feel pleasure. It's okay to talk about that we like pleasure. And all of those things that are really, for better, lack of a better term, taboo for us as women for so long. That's a really interesting thing that you said, feeling safe with other people, but also feeling safe with yourself. Because that was what I was going to ask is when you talk about safety and sexuality or being sexual, do you, I think most importantly is feeling safe with yourself because maybe you're someone who isn't in a committed relationship or you're not wanting to be in a committed relationship and you want to have partners and you're cool with whatever kind of like exploring and experimenting or just your you don't have limits with what you do um, in an intimate setting. And I just wonder, like, for those people that maybe struggle there, is it because of the person you're with or is it because of yourself and you can't let go of whatever it is that's holding you back from trying a new position even, like very basic things to very, like, not basic things. Totally. I think it has a lot to do, I really do, with our bodies, especially as women. We are, you know, oh, if I'm hanging this way, do I have a role? Do I have this? Is he seeing this? Is she looking at this? Like, it's a lot of um, insecurities, I would say, is at the base of it. And that's, it's no judgment. It's just a reality. We are always conditioned to, like, look at our flaws and try and fix ourselves, right? And it's like, that's just our culture. So if we can get out of that and at least start to get to know ourselves through pleasure, because giving ourselves permission to figure out what makes us feel good. I mean, it's just the same as knowing what foods we love so that when a partner comes over to us and says, I want to take you out for dinner. Where do you want to go? We're not like, oh, I, I don't know. Try something and then we'll see if I like it and it'll be awkward. No, you are going to be a way better date. If you know what you want, you go, I can't wait for shrimp cocktails tonight, whatever. And it's like, then you have this knowing. And, and men or women, when they're coming to a relationship, they look for confidence. They, yeah, there's mm -hmm. visual appeal. There's all those things. But if someone is gorgeous and then completely not confident, that gorgeousness is gone within a blink of an eye. It is. It is because if you sometimes see, or a lot of the times with the lack of confidence is you're not being like kind of outspoken enough. A lot of self-deprecation at that point, it like all goes hand in hand and like circles back with all the the other issues. And I think it like, like you said, it starts at the base and then you can go up and up and up and with your confidence and your happiness overall and everything like that. And I think there's a difference between the confidence that comes again from the fear. Remember the scarcity fear version? Oh, I'm better than everybody else. But like me, know me or the confidence that comes from egoless space where it's I'm here to share me. And if this is a fit, it's so fantastic. If it's not, there's no hard feelings, you know, we can go find someone else. And I think when we attach ourselves, like this has to be the one, or I have to be liked by this one specific person to be approved in this world, that's where our ego is, is too mixed in. And when we can start to self-explore, start to realize what gives us pleasure, it doesn't have to be in the bedroom. It can be, I love lying outside on, on a blanket on the sand because it makes me feel relaxed. 
then we do that. We honor ourselves. We, we respect ourselves enough that we deserve to be honored that way. And again, then it goes. And then what? We attract someone who wants to honor us in that way because they see us doing it for ourselves. Well, that's totally like back to the energy thing, too. If you're exuding like lack of confidence, that person, especially like in a like sexual setting, that person's going to pick that up and they're going to be like, oh, my God, like then they start questioning, am I doing something I shouldn't be doing or you don't like this? And so I suck. And it's just like such a cyclical cycle. Um, But even like more on that is just like I, I, I don't know why women are so like afraid to, well, I guess I do now because of society mostly, and maybe your environment that you grew up in, but it is so interesting, like to feel yourself grow and change into that kind of self-love and acceptance and like owning what you like, owning pleasure. Because even since we've started doing this podcast and I'm no prude, um, I have become more like comfortable in different aspects, not just like sexually, but like, yeah, like other things. And it's because when you speak to other women and someone like yourself, Jen, who's so like passionate and we talk about this all the time on the show, like the people that come on and are so passionate, we're just like sucking it in. Like, I think the real word here is fangirl. We fangirl so hard. We do. We are fangirling so hard today again. (laughs) But it is, it's really amazing because like, like I said, I have felt and noticed in myself where and using like sexual circumstances as an example where I'm like, no, this is what I want. And I've been with my husband mm-hmm. for a long time. Like we've been together for almost 11 years and I feel 100 percent safe. So it's definitely not that. But it's it's more like me, like being like, oh, like I am kind of squishy now and I am this. And so, like, again, it's the thing, all the layers in front before like you can just like be like eat the fucking cake like it's the same kind of thing like enjoy the sex just like let it go like and and you know what's funny is it it, that is super um it is super true because the sex is the sex but in front of it is oh god I didn't shave today oh god I didn't work out today like you know and and that hinders everything whereas if you just didn't have that little bit the sex is the sex. You have the pleasure. You have the sex. He doesn't notice that. Yeah. So I love that uh, you do feel differently, Lauren, from talking about this because as, as sexual and open as I am, and which I am, I'm very open as it is, I feel even more so too. Like when I talk to <laughs> other people and other women and, and other guests that we've had on and, and people that really embrace sexuality uh, and I think I'm specifically talking about sexuality because I feel so open to all the other aspects and, <laughs> that our experts talk about, too. But I, I feel even more so and I want to spread it even more to everyone. And like, I want to talk about it so much. And it's just so it's so empowering. It's so this is motivating. But this is where yeah. how I get motivated by speaking to people and connecting with people. But this is something. And that's I think huge. it's because a lot of the women that we have had on this show own themselves they own it they own what they believe in they own what they do and again circling back to the confidence thing we feel that whether we're actually in person in the studio with them or we're over a zoom call or we're just over a remote call like we feel that and that like sends that energy for me personally like through my body and then I apply that to the rest of my life and we've we've had people respond with similar 
reactions to a lot of the episodes being like, I took this and like went home and had like the best sex of my life or I took this or tried to. Yeah. And I'm making a major change in other aspects of my life. Like it's just it's opening the doors. And that's why we feel these conversations are so important, because as much as it is talked about, it's still not talked about. I could not, not agree enough. more. Not enough. And, I, you know, I, I talked about this on my podcast about my husband and I going on a Tantra retreat recently. And I created a sensual series for my YouTube channel because exactly that, like just even, I mean, one of the videos is how to feel sexy even when you don't. And it's like, you know what? There are things we can do because, yeah, we can be in our heads. We can do, you know, we're, we go through the motions, but you can feel sexy even when you don't by getting into a different mindset, right? I have one about how to get in the mood and creative things to do in bed, how to be confident in bed. And it's just like little ideas that might just give you some new thing to try, something to get out of your own way, because we're always the one in our own way. And the reason I'm so passionate, I think about this pelvic health in general, but sensuality and sexuality, I think specifically I'm finding because in those two bottom chakras, our base chakra and our sacral chakra, that's where our womb is. And as women, that's our creation. That is where we create. And if it's blocked down there, we don't feel sexy and we're not walking around like goddesses that we are for our families or whoever is in our space. Amen. People are missing out. They're missing out on our light. It starts down there. I truly and a hundred percent believe that. You know, I bet most people, a lot of people are kind of blocked off when it comes to, to that, those two chakras. Can you give us like a, even a tip, like a single tip, a quick single tip, thing yeah. to do? Yeah. Yeah. I would say, I would say masturbate in front of a mirror or masturbate in front of someone who you feel really comfortable with and get comfortable in the uncomfortable looking at yourself Go from a place where, and this won't happen overnight, but this takes practice, is when you look in the mirror, instead of seeing, oh, you got to fix this, you got to fix that, you should have that. It's looking at the things. Wow, aren't you so beautiful? Wow, this is so stunning. And you taking your time to practice that, over time, when you catch a glimpse of yourself, you will see the beauty that you see in others. It will be reflected back to you, but it has to be spoken to you from yourself first. I love that tip. I actually do that. <laughs> so maybe I'm, maybe I'm not really closed off um, in those chakras, but, uh, and I, but I do see like, I will masturbate with my partner and it's so sexy. I love it. Like, like I'll let him watch me and stuff. And so I do, I will validate that is important. I love that. That's like something we do often. So ladies go on. <laughs> And I love that you guys are on that level because I'm not and I wish I was. So that's something I will take that tip and I will Homework, try babe. really hard because um, <laughs> honestly, if I'm going to be real with myself, because I think that's also like a step in the right direction is that's a, a fucking terrifying to me that the whole idea Which of one? that all of it terrifying. Go to the yeah. scary place. I'm excited. <laughs> so you're really pushing me ladies um, uh, I'm excited for you because you're gonna feel a goddess is a good good word for that because when uh, that's how I feel when I'm doing it like I feel like all like I could move the world like so powerful from such a small thing like it's so weird but I think you'll really like it Lauren okay well I, love I will take the homework challenge and I will report <laughs> back 
I know. And honestly, Jen, I wish we could have you on all the time. I like, I loved this conversation so much. Like I know we're on the computer and on zoom, but I feel your vibes. I feel your energy so strong, like with all this goodness. And I, I really noticed how you use positive words and some negative words. And I really like everything that happened here today. So <laughs> I'm so happy. Me well, too. It's been amazing. Hurting. Thank you. <laughs> well, I mean, like you're coming to us from sunny California, which I'm insanely je- jealous about because that's my favorite place on earth. Um, yes. But I mean, that I, I have to say that has to that must have something to do with like some of the positivity, like your constant vitamin D and like, so maybe that for us here in cold, cold Canada. We should just move. Just, yeah. <laughs> well, Jen is Canadian. Jen, you were born here and grew up here, right? Oh yeah. I just moved here nine months ago. So yeah. Smart, smart lady. Another and your testament tan to how looks smart like you've you been are. there for longer. <laughs> your tan is fantastic. Yeah, you're you look amazing. Oh, yeah, um, you're ladies. It's such a treat oh, to be here you. with you. Thank you so yes, much. This was so thank fun you. and so informative, like literally mind blown in so many yeah. ways. Yeah. Um, but I think to close out, can you give like your three top tips? Like for somebody who's ready to just like take what we said in this episode, specifically what you said, and like start applying it in baby steps to their life. Cause it, obviously it takes a long time to work to the level that mm-hmm. you or you Jess are at. So what would you recommend they start with? I would say the number one thing would be first deciding almost like what you said about the placebo and the belief, like you got to buy in that this is worth it, that it's going to be worth your time and energy that you, that you are ready and want to open up or want to face the things that are stopping you from opening up. And I know for me, my husband was definitely more open than I was. And I had to get through a lot of stuff and it was a lot of shame stuff. It was a lot of old stories. It was a lot of, Oh, was I bad because of this or other random stories. So I think first creating time and space to just start and, and, Sometimes we we find it so intimidating to go and like start new sexual escapades with our person, but like just creating uh hey, tonight let's spend an hour in bed and let's just like play and see what comes. And just creating a little bit of like, hey, what fun could we get up to with no again, hard and fast rules, results oriented, any of that. Just like creating a safe container for play is number one, I would say, because if you don't have that, then you're just, where are you going to go and do it? It's just always going to be like, oh, tomorrow, next day, next day. That would be number one. Number two. Yeah. Number two. I know this is for sure, especially for all the women I talk to and myself, this took me is closing down all the things. I say close all the tabs because we keep these tabs open in our heads. It's like, oh, I have to pay the bills. I have to do this. I have to pay this time, that his thing, her thing, all the things. And we're just, we can't actually be in our body to feel any kind of pleasure. And it's just like all a disruption to the things we're trying to accomplish in our day. And if we can look at it instead of it's another to-do list or thing we have to open up, it's, hey, I want to do this. This is going to be my yin time. This is going to be my fill up my willpower time. This is going to be my replenish, recharge me time. And we go from a new perspective. All of a sudden we can be there, be present, surrender, relax, and actually orgasm because we're not stuck in our heads the whole time. So that would be number two. That would be number two. And the third thing I, I will say is be curious as to how you can create more anticipation. 
because sex itself and the orgasm, you know, maybe you have multiple orgasms, hopefully that's great. And, you know, but they all don't last that long. His orgasm, your orgasms, they're not all lasting that long. But what is lasting long is the times in between. So if we can create more fun anticipation, then it starts to all be exciting. And every time in between being in the bedroom is the exciting part. And that's where I feel, I, you know, my husband and I are there and it's just like we we're in the sometimes in the same room and I'll send him a little sexting, you know, gif or something. And it's like he'll sometimes I'm like I'm waiting for him to open it and look over. And it's like it's just so <laughs> exciting. And that's with our kids down the hall. You know, people are like, oh, the kids. There's so many excuses I think we can always make. But if we create the time and space we close down those tabs and then we curiously create some anticipation and excitement. Remember the first times you guys hooked up? Remember the, oh, all that? It's like, bring that back and boom, do it again around and around and keep making it more exciting. I love that. Love yeah, that's that. amazing. I hope so that wise. somebody takes that and applies it. I will be one All of, of those people. Me too. I feel like this is going to be one of our uh, one of our episodes that I'm going to have to like come back to and like remember this. Don't forget this. Incorporate this and do all this. And I we have to have you back on for sure. Absolutely, 100. percent Yeah, a full chakra Thank episode. Yeah, I like everything. I want to talk about everything more. All over again. <laughs> yeah, all over. <laughs> I can't wait to see you and give you a giant hug. Yes, likewise, absolutely. <laughs> Tell everyone where they can find you on all the platforms, including your YouTube channel. Definitely. You can find me at the, let's see, which should I tell you first? On Instagram, you can find me at the Fit Mama Podcast and at Je Love Jen Oliver. So I love hanging out on Instagram. I love Insta stories. My YouTube channel is Love Fit Mama. And my website is lovefitmama.com. Amazing. And where can people find your TED Talk? Yeah, actually, that is on, right on my, um, on my website if you want to go there. It's also in the links in my bio of Instagram, so you can find it there. Or you can search How to Love Yourself to the Core on the TEDx official YouTube site. It's on there. Yeah, we'll definitely be posting uh, mm -hmm. that stuff for sure. Yes, Love please. all that. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you again so much. This was truly inspiring and just fascinating thank you anytime ladies thanks for all you do you guys wow. are amazing thank, thank you. you so much Jen. and of course you can follow us at herspective underscore podcast thanks bye <laughs> bye <laughs>